Our opening scripture will not be on the screen. So if you do not have a, a Bible with you this morning, please look on with someone who is standing next to you. Deuteronomy chapter number 11. If you're there, say amen. Deuteronomy chapter number 11, beginning in verse number one. This is Moses speaking. And the setting is the, the, the people of God, the, the, the younger generation, the second generation are getting ready to go into the promised land. And Moses has some warnings, some challenges for God's people. And he said, love the Lord your God in verse one and keep his requirements, his decrees, his laws and his commands always. Remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord your God, his majesty, his mighty hand, his outstretched arm, the signs he performed and all the things he did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his whole country. What he did to the Egyptian army, to its horses and chariots, and how he overwhelmed them with the waters of the Red Sea as they were pursuing you, and how the Lord brought lasting ruin on them. Now jump down to verse number 10. It says, The land that you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed. And look at this. It says, And irrigated it by foot, as in a vegetable garden. We'll, we'll come back to this, this verse here. But the land you are crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys, and it drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for, and the eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So if you faithfully obey the commands that I am given to you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, then I will send rain, amen, on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rain, so that you may gather in your grain, new wine and oil, and I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle and you will eat and be satisfied. Look at verse number 16. It says, be careful, Here's the warning. Here's the flashing lights, if you will. It says, be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. Then the Lord's anger will burn against you, and he will shut the heavens so that it will not rain, and the ground will yield no produce, and you will soon perish from the good land that the Lord has given to you. Look at verse 18. Fix these words of mine where? In your hearts, in your minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Now jump down to verse number 26. This is Moses again to the people. He said, see, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. And the curse if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God and turn from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. Let us pray. Father, this morning I pray against distraction. Emails and 
text messages, social media alerts that would try to distract us from you and your presence and rob us from time with you. God, I pray our hearts would be open to hearing, to receiving what you want to say and speak to us. Be glorified, God, in all that's said and done. We thank you for and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Shake five hands before you're seated. I didn't say take two minutes and walk around. I said shake five hands. (laughs) We're in the middle of a sermon series here at Bethel Church that we have called Warning Signs. And we know that everywhere we go in life, there are warning signs. And the warning signs let us know that something dire is coming unless we take action. I think of the recent hurricane, Hurricane Matthew, and all of the warnings that were given. And it was because of the warnings that thousands of lives were saved. Sadly, in our country, over 40 people died because of the storm, simply because they did not heed the warnings. Our vehicles have warnings. We we, we don't like them. We, we, we try to ignore the warning sometimes when they come on in our vehicles and they let us know if we're low on fuel. They let us know if we need an oil change. They, they let us know if we have low tire pressure. They let us know if our engine needs to be serviced. And if we don't take care of these issues, if we don't heed the warnings, we might find ourselves with a flat tire. We might find ourselves broke down on the side of the road. We might find ourselves with a vehicle that is now beyond repair. There are also warnings that our bodies give us from time to time. Pain, tenderness, fatigue. These are all indications that there may be problems in our bodies. To ignore these signs can lead to serious illness, can even lead to death. In addition to the warning signs, there are also warning labels on the products or on on the stuff that we we purchase and buy. And and if you've ever um, if you've ever read the the warning labels, you know sometimes they can be a little funny. How many of you know what I'm talking about? In fact, there is a contest every year, and they give out awards for the funniest warning labels. And I have a few of them for you this morning. Can I share with you some of the funny warning labels? Is that okay in church? How many of you own a chainsaw? Let me see your hands, okay? If you have a chainsaw, the chainsaw's got warning labels on the saw, warning labels on the case. You're ahead of me, Ed. Stealing my thunder. Look at the warning sign on the chain side. Do not hold the wrong end of the chainsaw. You would think you'd know that, but they they feel like they have to put it on it. The Razor Scooter, you ready for this? The scooter, this product moves when used. I hope so. It's got wheels. Be careful. It moves when used. 
How about making the homemade t-shirt? Do not iron while wearing a shirt. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have been there. Amen. But you shouldn't iron if you're wearing the, the clothing. This one's really funny. The vanishing fabric marker, the, the tied go pens. Is, the, the ladies, you have those little tied to go pens in your purse. You know, if you get a stain on your, on your outfit, you pull it out and you try to get rid of the stain. You, you ready for this? The vanishing fabric marker should not be used as a writing instrument for signing checks or any legal documents as signatures will fade or disappear completely. You think? You think? I love this on swim goggles. Do not pull goggles away from your face. They may spring back and cause injury. Yeah, yeah. The cardboard sun shield that keeps the sun off the dashboard. You ready for this? Do not drive with sun shield in place. It's on it. It's a warning label inside. Do not drive with the, with the cardboard sun shield still in place. Okay, this is one of my favorites, the Conair hair dryer. You ready for this? Con, how many of you ladies own a hair dryer? You ready for this? Okay, this is for you. Conair hair dryer. It's not on all of them, but some of them have this. Go home, check it out. I, you might even find it. Here it is. Conair hair dryer. Warning, do not use in the shower. Never use while sleeping. I know you like your sleep. I think you might be able to get an extra five, ten minutes of sleep by taking care of your hair while you're sleeping. But you can't use it in the shower. And you can't use the hair dryer while you're sleeping. Okay, here's one of my favorites, the Batman costume. The Batman costume for children. Now, I just purchased the Batman outfit for my dog a few weeks ago. My dog's name is Preacher. You want to see what he looks like in the costume? Go ahead, Ed. Show him, show him the picture. There's, there's Preacher, my dog. There's the Batman costume that he's wearing. He loves it. It's not, on, it's not on the costume for pets, but it's on the costume that you might buy for your children to wear and play around the house. Go ahead, Ed. Show him the picture. Okay, this costume. You, you ready for... The, the warning label on the Batman costume, it says, please exercise caution. Mask and chest plate are not protective. Cape does not enable the wearer to fly. Really? Really? You mean my $14.99, my child's not going to be able to fly around the house? Please exercise caution. And then there are spiritual warning signs that come our way. Because there's times when we're slack in our commitment to the Lord. We don't attend church on a regular basis. We don't pray. We don't give as we should. There are times when we harbor bitterness and, and unforgiveness in our hearts. And we hold on to hurts. And we hold on to hard feelings toward others. There are times in life when we flirt with sin. When we're on the brink of making a decision that will have long-term consequences. Times when we're getting ready to enter into unhealthy relationships and it happens all the time. And when this happens, God will send us a sign. God will send us a warning. Amen. 
It may be a challenging word from a friend. It may be a message, a sermon that you hear in church. It might be that still, small voice inside of you letting know it's not right. It might be the conviction that's found in the truth of God's word. And in these warning signs, God is telling us that it's time to stop. In these warning signs, God is saying it's going to lead to a dead end. And I'm not talking about a physical dead end, but a spiritual dead end. It's in these warning signs that God is saying, do not enter. It's in these warning signs that God is speaking to our hearts. And God is saying, it's time that you slow down. God is saying, slow, there's children at play. In other words, if you continue with what you're doing. It's not only going to affect your life, but it might affect others around you. When we choose not to listen, or we choose to ignore the warning signs, church, we're headed for spiritual shipwreck. We're headed towards spiritual peril in our lives. You see, to ignore the warning sign in your vehicle can result in the loss of the vehicle. To ignore the warning sign of an approaching ambulance or police can result in an accident to ignore the spiritual warning signs, to ignore the word of God, to ignore the conviction of the Holy Spirit can result in spiritual ruin. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the warning signs in my life. Amen. Because there's times when I stray and there's times when I drift and there's times when I neglect my relationship with God and God comes with a warning sign. Amen. These warning signs can save our lives, amen. That's one of the benefits of being a child of God, that he will warn us when we're entering dangerous territory. You see, God knows that there's a vicious predator that's lurking, and there are many deadly pitfalls that lie ahead in the unknown territory in which we find ourselves, and that's why God has given us the Holy Spirit, amen, who is with us, and he reminds us of the Lord's warnings, and he will protect us, and he will guide us to the right path. Amen. You have to understand that God's warnings are designed to protect us, not to punish us, to keep us from making poor decisions, to keep us from costly mistakes. I love how the psalmist said it in Psalms chapter 19 and verse number 11. He said, moreover, by them, your servant is warned. And in keeping them, there is what? There is a great reward. Moreover, by them, your servant is warned. And by keeping them, there is great reward. Keeping them, there is a great reward. Remember, Jesus said, I have come so that you might have a life. And you might have life how? You might have a life more abundantly. Look at Hebrews chapter 12 in verse number 11. For the moment, all discipline or the course correction or the warning seem painful rather than pleasant. But later what happens, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So the warning signs are not in place to punish us, but to protect us so that our lives may produce what fruit of righteousness. And so we have a choice to listen and to heed God's warnings or to the ignore the warning. So I have some questions for you this morning. Question number one, are you listening? Are you listening? 
And the second question is, what are you doing with what you have heard and received from God? Are you listening? I was born in 1978. I was a child in the 80s. I was a teenager in the 90s. In 1987, when I was nine years old, I I think the greatest movie ever made came out. The movie is called The Princess Bride. Has anyone ever seen The Princess Bride? Any Princess Bride fans in the room today? Many famous lines have come from this movie, The Princess Bride. And, and in the movie, there's a scene where Miracle Max, who's played by Billy Crystal, he, he's taunted by his wife for being a coward. And as he runs away, Max, in his best Yiddish accent, is saying, I'm not listening. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. But church, I want you to know not listening provides no lessening of the consequences of ignoring a warning. So the question today is this, are you listening? And what are you doing with what you have heard? What are you doing with what you have received from God? Most of us here today, if not all of us, can share a personal story of a time in our lives when we ignored the spiritual warning signs and the result was personal pain, shame, embarrassment, and disappointment. And sin. And this is what Moses is trying to avoid in our text. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Deuteronomy actually means second law. Write it down if you're taking notes. Deuteronomy actually means second law. This is the second time that Moses will share these words. This is the second time that Moses will share these messages. The first time was to the first generation that came out of Egypt. And we know the story. They didn't do too well. They didn't listen. They didn't heed the warnings. And so the scripture says they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years and they never entered into the promised land. But with this second generation, with these young people under the age of 20 on the steps of the promised land, Moses will encourage them to recovenant with God and to recommit themselves to his ways. And so what we have in the book of Deuteronomy is a restatement of the law for a new generation for the second generation and Moses is going to warn them Moses is going to challenge them and Moses is going to encourage them in a few areas and I want to look at some of those areas this morning and it's my prayer today it's my prayer today that God will speak to all of our hearts today amen because the same message that God gave the people then still applies to us today. Amen. Look at verse number two. It says, remember today that your children were not the ones who saw and experienced the discipline of the Lord, your God, his majesty and his mighty hand and his, his outstretched arm, the signs he performed and the things he did in the heart of Egypt, both to Pharaoh, king of Egypt and to the whole country. Here's the first warning. Here's the first warning. Reminder, Moses says, when you enter in to the promised land, do not forget the Lord. When you enter into the promised land, 
when you experience all of the blessings and all of the favor of the Lord. Don't forget the Lord. Remember, it's the same sermon. Remember, it's the same message that he gave to the first generation. He said, don't forget the Lord. And we know the story. It didn't take long for them. And soon they forgot the Lord. And Moses is speaking to the second generation in Deuteronomy chapter number 11. And then he turns to the first generation. He turns to the older generation. He says, they weren't there. He says they didn't see firsthand. They only know the stories. They've heard of all the stories, but you lived it. He said you experienced it. He said you were there and you saw firsthand the awesome power of God. And Moses says, remember, it was God who brought you to this point. It was God who led you out of Egypt. It was God who led you through the Red Sea. And then Moses begins to remind them systematically in Deuteronomy 11 of all that God has done. He said, don't forget his mighty hand and don't forget his outstretched arm. He said, don't forget the signs that he performed. He said, don't forget about the Egyptian army, the horses and the chariots. He said, don't forget how they were overwhelmed in the waters of the sea. He said, don't forget the cloud by day and the fire by night. He said, don't forget it was God who provided food and water where there was none. He said, with your own eyes, you have seen, and look at verse number seven. It's on the screen. You have seen the great things that the Lord has has done the great things that the Lord has done. He says, don't forget that God has done great things. He said, don't forget that you've been delivered by the hand of the Lord. And can I tell you, church, this morning, God has also done great things for you and I. And we have also been delivered by the hand of the Lord. And today we have a reason to sing. Today we have a reason to shout. Today we have a reason to lift our hands in the presence of the Lord. Today we have have a reason to live today we have a reason to get up each and every morning because God has done great things in our lives we used to sing a song back in the 80s in church and the song went like this he has done great things he has done great things he has done great things bless his holy name and I love the way the psalmist put it in Psalms chapter 103 in verse number 2 the psalmist said bless the Lord oh my soul forget not all of his benefits and then he begins the psalmist begins to list all of the benefits of the Lord he says he forgives all of our iniquities he heals our diseases he redeems our life from destruction he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies oh bless the Lord oh my soul forget not all of his benefits and maybe some of you are here today and maybe you've forgotten that it was the Lord that saved you and maybe some of you are forgotten that it was the Lord who healed you it was the Lord who redeemed you it was the Lord who rescued you it was the Lord who restored you it was the Lord who provided for you remember there was a time in your life when you lived by faith there was a time in your life when you lived day by day when you trusted in God and you didn't know how the bills were going to get paid and you didn't know how food was going to get put on the table and you didn't know how you were going to put clothing and, and, and shoes upon your children but you trusted in God you believed 
believed in God. You believed in the promises of God. That all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. You believe the word of God that said God never leaves you. And God never forsakes you. And that the righteous are never forsaken. And neither their seed begging bread. And then one day a check showed up in the mail. One day a bag of groceries showed up on the front step. One day a box of shoes and a box of clothing and a box of Christmas presents showed up for your children and God blessed you and God provided for you and God provided for all of your knees and you would fall on your knees at night cry saying God you are good and your mercy endures forever and then God gave you a job and God gave you a career and God gave you a vehicle and God put a roof over your head and God put food on your table and maybe you're here today and you've begun to forget all that God has done for you let me remind you today church that he has done great things let me remind you today that you're here today because of the grace of almighty God don't ever forget what God has done for you God has saved you God has healed you God has rescued you God has redeemed you and God has restored you for his glory and for his honor take a moment this morning and remember all that God has brought you from and just take a moment lift your hands and give him praise in the house of the Lord this morning. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Some of you wouldn't be here today if God hadn't been good to you. Give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter number eight. In verse number 11. Beware. Seven times in the word of God, you'll find this word, beware. Beware. It's a warning. It's a caution. The flashing lights, beware that you do not forget the Lord, your God. Moses knew very well. He saw firsthand the tendency for the people of God to forget the Lord, to forget the presence of God. To forget God in our worship, to forget the commandments of God, to forget God's redeeming love. Let me give you three things that happen when we forget the Lord. If you're taking notes, write them down. Three things that will happen if we forget the Lord. Number one, it's on the screen. Forgetting leads to unbelief and then rebellion. It's going to lead to unbelief. It's going to lead to rebellion. The children of God witnessed the ten plagues. God delivered them from Egyptian slavery. And the scripture says immediately they forgot God and soon they forgot as many acts of kindness to them. And the scripture says they rebelled against him at the Red Sea. Why? Because they forgot the Lord. So forgetting leads to unbelief. Then it leads to rebellion. Number two, forgetting makes us do very foolish things. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You've been there. Forgetting God makes us do very foolish things. At Mount Sinai, the people got tired of waiting for Moses when Moses went on the mountain to receive the law, to receive the commandments from God. And the scripture says they traded their glorious God for a statue of a grass-eating ox. You see, forgetting God causes us to get impatient and not wait on his direction. You can cross-reference Psalms 106 and verse 13. Impatient people do really foolish things. So forgetting God leads to unbelief, rebellion. Forgetting God makes us do foolish things. And then forgetting God ignites his anger. 
It ignites his anger. The first generation forgot God, their Savior, who had done such great things, such wonderful things, such awesome deeds. And the scripture says God declared that he would destroy them. Forgetting God ignites and arouses the anger of God. You can cross-reference Psalms 106, verse 21 through 23. Thankfully, Moses stepped in time after time and he saved the people from God's wrath. But all of us this morning can say that God has done great things, wonderful and awesome things in our lives. But when the next trial or test comes, are we quick to remember what God has done or do we worry? Do we fret about the future? The first reminder to the people was don't forget the Lord. It's a good reminder for you and I today. Amen. Shall we continue on or do you want to go back to the warning labels? Because I got some more warning labels. You want to move ahead? Look at verse number 10. For the land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come where you sowed and your seed and you watered it by foot as a vegetable garden. If you have a Bible that you write in or take notes in or highlight, underline that, that verse. You watered it by foot. It's important. It's a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys. And it drinks water from the rain of heaven. Amen? A land for which the Lord your God cares. A land for which the Lord your God cares. And the eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. The second reminder was simply to trust in God. To trust in God. You see, the land of Egypt was very flat. The land of Egypt was very monotonous. And according to Zechariah in the Old Testament, chapter number 14, the scripture is clear. Egypt did not get rain. It did not rain in the land of Egypt. And and they would have to rely upon the Nile River to overflow a few times of the year. And, and, And that's why Moses said, remember, you watered your gardens and your crops with your foot and when 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 the nile would overflow the egyptians and, and god's people they would they would actually dig irrigation channels by foot they they would literally dig conduits by foot to bring the water from the nile to the gardens in egypt and these small conduits, these, these small channels would provide the necessary water for the fields and, and for the, the, the gardens of herbs. And so they had to work really hard and labor and toil to get the water to their gardens and into their fields. And if they would neglect digging these, these channels by foot and, be, and these conduits, they wouldn't have a good crop. But if they worked hard, they maintained their, their, their irrigation channels and the conduits, then they would have a good harvest. They would have good herbs. They would have a good crop. And Moses said, not so in the new land. Because the new land is not like the land of Egypt. You see, Canaan was an uneven country. It was a land of hills. It was a land of of valleys. And Moses said, this is the land that the Lord your God will care for. And his eyes will always be upon you. You see, you have to understand there was only one river in the promised land. And it was the Jordan River. But God was saying, the land will drink from the water of the rain of heaven. 
Don't miss this, church. Don't miss this. And Moses was saying to the people, all you have to do is trust in God. All you have to do is look up. God will send the rain. He said the the Egyptians are going to continue ditching and they're going to continue guttering in the fields and they're going to be up to their knees in mud to bring the water to the land. But you, Israel, you stay in your homes. You stay warm. You stay easy. You be at rest and leave it to God to water your land with the former and the latter rains, which is called the river of God. And God says, when I send the rain, you're going to gather in the grain and you're going to gather in new wine and oil. And God said, I'll provide the grass for your cattle and you will eat and be satisfied. God said, all you have to do is look up. You see, you used to rely upon your own strength. You used to rely upon your own abilities. You used to rely upon your hands. Now you can trust in me. In the wilderness, I provided water, manna, and quail from heaven. And now in the promised land, if you're faithful to me, if you obey all of my commands, I'm going to send the rain. I'll send the rain. Jesus will pick up on the same theme In Matthew's gospel, chapter number 6, and in verse 33, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And God says, I'll take care of all of your needs. I'll send the rain. I'll send the rain. Remember in the New Testament, the symbols of the Holy Spirit are river, wind, oil, wine, fire, dove, but also rain. The rain of the Holy Spirit. How many of you are thankful for the rain of the Holy Spirit? Amen. And when I read scripture, rain does two things. Number one, rain refreshes where there has been dryness. It refreshes where there's been dryness and barrenness and rain restores where there has been loss. And I love Acts 2, 17. It shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The Lord is sending, saying that he's going to send the rain to the fields. He's going to send the rain to the people. He's going to send the rain to the hearts of those that are totally barren as a promise of hope. And some of you here today, you're dry. Some of you here today are barren. Maybe some of you, your lives need to be restored and let me just say this needing to be refreshed doesn't mean that you've backslidden it doesn't mean that you have sinned when my lawn endures a hot day what happens it dries up and it needs the refreshing of the rain and the Holy Spirit coming as rain comes to bring refreshment and comes to bring restoration and some of you are here today and you need to hear this word because right now you're dry some of you are parched some of you are fatigued Some of you are tired. Some of you are overwhelmed in life. You're doing everything in your power. You're doing everything in your strength. You're doing everything in your ability. And you're working the land. And you're working the problem. And you're working the sickness. And you're working the the crisis. And God is saying, it's time to let go. God is saying, it's time to trust in me. God is saying, I'll fight your battles. God is saying, I'll provide for your needs. God is saying, I've brought you this far. I'll take you all the way. All you have to do is look up because I'm going to send the rain of my Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All we have to do
is trust in God and look up and God will send the rain. Amen. Look at verse 16. Here's the big caution. Take heed to yourselves. Lest your hearts be deceived. And you turn aside and you serve other gods. And you worship them. The third reminder is to be faithful to God. You have to understand the covenant between Yahweh and Israel was bilateral. It was a two-way street. God would keep his promise to bless the nation if the people remained faithful. I, I love how other translations word. It says, be careful. Be careful or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down before them. You see, the Israelites were headstrong. The Israelites were impatient. The Israelites were prone to rebellion. And from their long stay in Egypt, they were, they've become addicted to idolatry. And Moses knew they would be seduced by the religions of the surrounding countryside. And so verse 16, here's the warning. Here's the caution. Here's the flashing lights. Take heed. Take heed to yourselves lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Remember in Deuteronomy chapter 5, Moses reminded them of the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. You see, God wants to be first in our lives. Amen. Second place is not acceptable. The phrase before me. It literally means over against me or before my faith. In other words, God wanted no other love, no other allegiance, no other authority to come between himself and his redeemed people. Our gaze is to be on his face alone and not on the face of another God. For God is a jealous God. And if you read Exodus 34, it says that his name is jealous and he will not tolerate no other God in the lives of his people. And if you study the history of Israel, it becomes clear that they had a tendency to accumulate other gods. And we have the same tendency to do the same thing. Martin Luther, the great reformer, he said, whatever thy heart clings to and relies upon, that is properly your God. Can I tell you, church, if you, if you want to know who, who is the Lord and God of your life, there's three indicators. Your time your money, and your affections. If you want to know who is the Lord and the God of your heart and your life, look at your time, look at your money, and look at your affections. Maybe you thought the right car would change your life or the right home. Maybe you thought it was in a relationship, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a husband, a wife. Maybe you thought it was the job, the impressive title, the, the, the corner office. May, maybe a certain amount of money in the bank or the perfect vacation. But can I tell you, church, you will never be satisfied apart from Christ. Nothing in this life is allowed to become a competitor with God for first place in our hearts and our lives. He is God and he is God alone. 
Amen. God looked before him and saw there were no other gods. He looked behind him and saw there were no other gods. He looked beside him and saw there were no other gods. For he alone is God. And from everlasting to everlasting, he alone is God. And he's God all by himself. Isaiah 45. Verse 18, for this is what the Lord says, he who created the heavens, he is God. He who fashioned and made the earth, he founded, he did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. Billy, if you would just come. It's a story of a man who purchased a statue of Christ. He took it home and he set it up in a room. The next day, his wife came in. She saw the statue of Christ, and she thought that it belonged in a different room. And so she, she, she grabbed the statue of Christ, and she wanted to move it to another room. And the five-year-old daughter saw her mother moving the statue, and she blurted out, Where are you going to put God? And that's a great question. Church, where are you going to put God? That's what the first commandment is asking you. Where are you going to put God? And will he have first place in your life? You see, church, God must be first. That's the message that rings from on top of Mount Sinai. He won't play second fiddle. He won't take second place. He must be first in our lives. And that means loyalty to him. And he's not valued at all if he's not valued above all. And Moses said, if you turn aside and bow down, this is what's going to happen. Look at, look at verse number 17. It says, the Lord's anger will burn against you. And he will shut up the heavens so that it will not rain And the ground will yield no produce, and you will soon perish from the good land the Lord has given to you. And then Moses said to the second generation, he said, fix these words, underline it. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds and tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. I I love this, this, this word, fix the Hebrew it's sum, it, it means to put to place, to set to a point. It means to make, fix these words of mine in your hearts, in your minds. In the New American Standard Version, it says, you shall therefore impress. And Peter sends the message. It says, get them deep inside of you. And that's what Moses is saying Get this message inside of you. Get this message in your hearts. Get this message in your minds that you're to love God and you're to love God continually, that you're to serve God, that you're to obey God, that you're to be faithful to God, that you're to walk in his ways and hold fast to him. And then Moses says, once it's inside of you, talk to your children about it. He says, you talk to your children when you're sitting. He said, you talk to your children when you're walking. He said, you talk to your children when you're lying down. He said, you talk about it with your children when you get up. Then Moses said, write it on the door frame of your home and your gate. In other words, church, we got to go public with it. Amen. We got to go public with it. 
And God said, if you do this, if you do this, I'll send the rain. I'll send the rain. And if you do this, you'll be blessed. And God said, I'll drive out your enemies. And God said, every place you set your feet will be blessed. And no man will be able to stand against you. And then Moses closes. Look at 26. He said, behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. And the curse if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. Moses said, I set before you a blessing. And I set before you a curse. I set before you life. And I set before you death. And then God says, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. If you choose the blessing, I'll send the rain. I'll send the rain. If you choose the curse, I'll shut up the heavens above you. But the choice is yours. I don't understand why people choose the curse. I don't understand why people choose death, but Jesus made it clear. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. There are many, many that are on it. The broad road calls us, entices us. It's popular. It's full of people. Jesus said, narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. And few there be that find it. It's lonely sometimes when you follow the Lord. People often say, Pastor Joe, I don't want to surrender my life to the Lord because if I do, I'm going to miss out. And I say, you're right. You're going to miss out on pain. You're going to miss out on heartache. You're going to miss out on disappointment. You're going to miss out on frustration. The choice is yours. It's yours. But if you choose the blessing, if you choose life, God says, I'll send the rain. The rain. I don't know about you, church, but I need the rain of the Spirit in my life. I was 16 years old, raised in church, raised in a Pentecostal home. Worship team, you can come. 16 years old. I was in school. I was walking the hallways on my way to class, and the Spirit of God overwhelmed me in a powerful way. I was 16. I fell on my knees outside of my locker. I was late to class and tears were coming down my face. I said, God, today 
I choose life. Today, I choose the blessing. And I've served God for 38 years. And maybe you're here today and you've never surrendered your life to the Lord. Maybe you're here today and you can be honest and say, Pastor Joe, I'm on the broad path that leads to destruction. And today I want to make a decision to choose the blessing rather than the curse. Today I want to respond to the invitation of the Lord. Maybe you're here today. And God has done great things for you. But maybe today you've begun to forget all that God has done for you. Maybe you're here today. Say, Pastor Joe, I'm dry. Pastor Joe, today I'm parched. I'm thirsty. It's been a long time since I've sensed the presence of the Lord in my life. If that's you today, I want to encourage you. Look up. Look up. Look up. Because today, God is going to send the rain. And God will refresh you. And God will restore you for his glory and for his honor all over this place. Come on, stand to your feet. All over this place, stand to your feet. Come on, lift your hands this morning. Lift your hands this morning. Come on, we're going to sing a song. You alone are God. Reign in all the earth. Come on, lift your hands. Just begin to worship God. Hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We worship you, God. Alone, our God. He alone is.